Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to be talking about words that change your world. Words that change your world. Right now, we are simply in a moment, we are simply in a moment in time where our thoughts and our words and everything that we are are changing our environment. We don't recognize it, but we are either going to comply to pressure and culture or we are simply going to change and set the tone. And it's going to happen through your words. Actions matter. Faith without works is dead. But you are so important. Your words are so vital that everything you say has an effect on yourself or someone around you or your circumstance. If you want to see how powerful words are, look at the life of Jesus. Jesus, when he released his word, even the winds obeyed him, even the tempestuous seas obeyed him, sicknesses and disease obeyed him, six, six uh, unhealthy bodies, sick bodies, demon-possessed people, the demons obeyed him because of what kind of words he released. He was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and you and I have the Spirit of Christ. And unless we get this understanding... We can never see our lives change, especially ourselves in our thinking. So that's what we're discussing. So we're standing together, and I just want you to lift up your hands, and let's get plugged in. We're going to pray, and then I'm going to have you seated. And, and let's just do that right now, and let's get focused. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment. God, we are praying that we would engage together, that we would engage in this moment, that we would receive everything you have for us, that every person that is here right now receive the word of the Lord. And Father, we pray that every word that is spoken out of our mouths would be in complete alignment with the will of God concerning our life and the life of our loved ones and the life of our children, the life of our spouses, our future spouses, God. Our, our, our careers, everything. For out of the mouth, you said, power of life and death is in the tongue. So we send or surrender tonight to that authority and to that power. And we are saying in Jesus' name, we receive instruction and wisdom and understanding. And we will apply it in our lives. And everybody say amen. Now right where you're at standing, lift your hands. Give them a hand clap and tell them thank you ahead of time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, I'm ready. Say, my words are fixing to change my world. Turn to your neighbor and tell them things are going to change. Things have to change. Turn around to somebody, look at somebody now, and point at them and tell them things are fixing to change. Smile. Everything's fixing to change. And you can be seated here tonight. God bless you. I have three points I'm going to give you tonight, and there is a whole lot to be said about what is transpiring in your life and why. And until we understand the significance of our world and how it was formed around us, I want you to know that you were made in the image of God and your words are powerful. Your words are even more powerful if you've been saved and you've been filled with the Spirit of God. For this reason, this is why the devil would love to attack your mind, to affect your heart, so you can release that negativity. I want you to think about that for one moment because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, speaks this is a secret that needs to be revealed to us because furthermore jesus began to explain the vitality or the the importance of even in the book of matthew when the pharisees saw the disciples of christ not washing their hands 
and they begin to question their tradition of not keeping their tradition. And Jesus replied to them and said, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man. Now you have to realize that in the eyes of God to use the word defile means unholy. And you also have to realize that it wasn't just a, uh, just a thought per se, but a principle. Because God is holy. And it's only through sin or through defilement that it separates us from God. And Jesus said, the way to defilement or the way to cause yourself to be unclean is by your words. From, from your heart comes every emotion, every form of bitterness, hatred, adultery, murder. He names everything. He, hold, he held nothing back. Jesus was very open and very precise, but he was trying to help. He was trying to help us understand how important it is to what we allow in our minds. And when we talk, it's straight from the spirit man. I believe that the word heart is referring to the spirit man. The very center of your affections is where your spirit lies. I had a very good friend of mine. He actually was my boss years ago that asked me a question. He, he, he recognized that when I did go to work, that I wasn't laughing at all the jokes that the guys were giving. I wasn't cussing. I wasn't. He, he, he tested me in a few times, and a few of the guys tested me as well. I wouldn't budge. It just wasn't in me. Not on me. I wasn't, like, trying not to do it. I just, how can you do something that you, you don't, you just don't have it in you? It's just not there. Like some people ask me, how do you not do that? Well, how, I don't have a desire for certain things anymore, and I, I just don't have it in my heart anymore. And then they, they always wonder how and why. Well, the real source is the blood of Jesus and the mercy of God in my life. The, the second part is, is that while there is a void, you have the responsibility to fill the void. And when you fill the void and whatever is empty, you give it to God, he will fill it. And whatever your heart is full of or whatever your mind is thinking of consistently, it will come out eventually. So I began to explain to my boss when he asked me, he said, how do you not cuss? I don't understand. I have a hard time doing it. And I said, well, I said, well, here, here's the principle. I, I said, your tongue is connected to your heart and you're surrendering, submitting to your heart and things that are there. I said, so if I want God to be in control of my tongue, I have to every morning make sure he's in control of my heart. So I give him my heart every morning. I just didn't do it 20 years ago. I do it every day. This is the misconception in Christianity. Well, we think because we have given our heart to Jesus one time and it's all done. That's a false doctrine because it's very misleading. Salvation begins at the cross, but... It's a continual process of walking with Christ, working out our salvation, keeping us free from things. And the power to do that comes from the grace of God. The grace of God is the empowerment of the Spirit of God that will allow you to do the right thing and say the right thing. So, you know, His grace is sufficient. And where sin abound, grace does much more abound. And so we have the ability to walk in a world, even though everyone else has, is speaking a language. Culturally, doesn't mean we have to talk the same way. You don't have to talk like everybody else to, for everyone else to agree with you. Someone said that if you are from the Far East, you speak three languages. If you're from Europe, you speak two languages. And if you're from America, you speak one. Someone wrote that in a book. And I, and I thought about that. And I began to think of myself learning a language. All I can speak is Tex-Mex and American. Some people call it Spanglish. Messed up. I don't know what it is. But I grew up around people that didn't speak it. My father spoke Spanish, and 
was um, very hard-nosed in the sense of we all had to learn it. But my father passed away. My mama didn't enforce this. There, and all my friends were white, and they were all coconuts. <laughs> if you don't know what a coconut is, it is someone who is brown on the outside but white on the inside. But I had a problem with another language, and I was bilingual. I found myself speaking negatively. And learning how to speak faith and positively was like learning a new language. Because in your mind, we've been programmed already to lean on negative emotions. And this is the reason why our world is the way it is around us. Your world will become your words, what you release, what you think. Because remember, you're in the image of God. God made you in his likeness. And if you have Christ in your life, you have the authority and the power to influence and to change things. And they're not just subject to you. They are subject to who is in you. And this is where the devil comes in and tries to change it on us. Because he knows your influence. And he begins to alter it because if he can get you to curse something. See, Jesus also cursed the fig tree. Didn't produce fruit. You have that ability. And too many people, they may not sound like they're cussing, but they are cursing their lives. By going by feelings, by speaking and releasing things that they don't have any clue that it's the source. It's happening. This is very true in our nature. And you don't even have to be a believer to understand this concept. The world is picking up this concept and they're learning it and they're applying it. And they not, they're not even, they may not even be believers like you, but they're in the image of God. They're made in his likeness. But for you and I, we carry a special anointing and authority. That he is even more impactful. This is why I, I, I heard this years ago, and I began to repeat it because it still stands true. I will never want, I never like talking about somebody that I haven't prayed for. Because if I haven't prayed for somebody and I'm dealing with something negatively, what's going to come out of, out of my mouth is going to hurt them. Especially if someone is there to agree with me. Because we have this concept down by faith where two or three agree on touching one thing, it's done. See, we think of that as faith, but the same thing happens when we gossip. The same thing happens when we complain. The same thing happens even when we're sarcastic. It just is. It's the nature of, 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 of how and who we are and how our world exists. I'm trying to convey something to us here this Wednesday evening to help us understand if you want to begin to see change, you have to allow God to change your heart and you have to begin to choose your words wisely. It is better to remain quiet and not say a word. I wonder if we went on a word fast. How often would you talk? Think about that for one moment. Don't think about your friends or don't think about your husband or your wife. Don't think about your, think about you. If you shut your mouth and not, didn't allow any negative thought, feeling, emotion, frustration, bitterness, anything come out of your mouth, how often would we talk? I had to check myself, and I realized I was doing a lot of talking, but I wasn't helping anybody. I can honestly tell you, I can stand up here today and tell you, I had a problem of talking negative without even realizing it. When you acknowledge a problem and you say, I wish we had this, you're releasing the want and the void and will never bridge the gap. You're releasing something in your life called doubt, fear, unbelief. But you have to train yourself to begin and ask 
God to help you to release faith in your life instead of saying that, that okay, we're, we're, we're out and we don't have this. But you learn how to shift it and say, but the Lord is my provider. He shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. God has never failed us. God has always come through for us. And you have a file of faith in your memory that you can bring to remembrance. That's why never forget what God has done for you. Never forget the goodness of God. Never forget where he brought you out of. You shouldn't even be in church tonight. I shouldn't even be up here. I was a son of a nightclub owner. I should have been someplace else. But I'm here in the house of God sharing the word of God, telling somebody you've got to change your environment by changing your words. Your words are so, so important. The first point I want to give you is the first words that will change your world is a word of gratitude. Write that down, a word of gratitude. Gratitude will put you in a position and create barriers around your life it will be a segue for more. Let me give you an example. Ungratitude or ungratefulness. Being ungrateful doesn't motivate God, but gratitude does. You are making room for God to do more. Okay. Uh, Case in point, how many of you love it when your children say, oh, thank you, mama, thank you, daddy, and you feel it? Doesn't it make you feel like doing more? It makes me feel like doing more. Why is that? When you learn the secret of gratitude, you have to learn how to thank God in the good times and the bad times as well. Because it's not a matter of what's going on around you, but what is transpiring inside of you. What's going on. And you can't allow anything to alter your faith. Because that's what the world and hell is after your faith. But gratitude puts a barrier there. Let me read you something. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15. Write that down. 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. It's not worth it. It creates something inside of your heart. Don't get vindictive. Don't allow someone to provoke you. Hold your peace. But always pursue what is good both for yourself, see, it affects you, and for all. For yourself, you are hurting yourself or you are helping yourself, but listen to what the principle says. I like that verse 16 has two words in it only. It says rejoice always, period. It may be a short sentence, but it says a lot of things. Rejoice always. Always rejoice. Repeat the process. Don't just be joyful one time, but stay joyful by rejoicing. Continually, always, adding always means that always should be a lifestyle, not just a moment. A lifestyle. Don't rejoice and be happy for one moment, do you ever recognize when you read the scripture in the book of Acts how it seems almost crazy for the apostles when they were in prison and they begin after they were beaten? The scripture says that they rejoice that they suffered this for the sake of Jesus Christ. Why is that? Because they learn the secret. If they allow their negative, really present circumstances to alter their thinking, it'll hurt nobody else but themselves. 
But if they can say, this will work out for our good. God has a plan. I'm thankful, Lord Jesus, that I was able to suffer. I was able to go through things. That's what you need to say next time you're going through a problem. You need to turn it around and let God work in it by saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for whatever you're doing right now or allowing it to happen. You're going to do something. Because most of the time, it wasn't even God. It was just life. But the power of gratitude will alter it and change it, and the scripture will come to pass. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Now watch this. Pray without ceasing. Why? Because prayer will keep you in touch with God's heart or God's feelings. And everything, you ready? In everything, give what? An attitude. Right? Speak your mind. I mean, whatever comes to the top of your dome, just let it. No, 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 no. No. No freestyling here. You have to learn how to regulate. You have to learn how to let the Spirit of God filter how can you have a filter if you not allow the holy ghost to do it i i don't really man i just got to tell you i have to honestly tell you I, I sometimes i don't have a filter and i know that and that's when i allowed the spirit of god or the fruits of the spirit to give me self-control patience long suffering but it, it didn't happen because i thought myself to be there. It happened when I would rejoice always and thank God, keep my attitude right, and begin to pray without ceasing to create the void. See, what could have been in that place in my life could have been something negative, but instead I went to prayer and prayed without ceasing. And you don't have to go to your closet, light a candle, put the music on in order for you to have a perfect prayer time. You can pray wherever you're at. You can pray under your breath. You can pray in the movies. You can pray at work. You can pray while someone's talking to you. Yeah, I mean, it's no limitation to what. It's like your cell phone. Even if you're not using it, it still has a connection. Because that's how your family's able to track you, right? Where's mom at? Oh, she's, no, she's, well... What's she doing there? Right? Then you get a text from the kids. Hey, what are y'all doing? You s- right? Can you pick me up something to eat? No, I can't. Well, you're right by there. <laughs> Technology, right? <laughs> and we try to go to God, and we try to ask him for something or to do something, and he already knows exactly where we're at. And then we try to question God. You think God doesn't know where you're at? You think he doesn't see your problems, your struggle, your unhappiness, your depression, and all these things that are happening? He, he looks, listen, when you can't track him, you've got to trust him. When you can't track him, you have to learn to trust him. And don't treat your blessing like a UPS tracking system. When is it coming in? When is it? Just enjoy the process and let God surprise you because it is coming. It is coming down the road. It's on the way. It's in the word of God. It's in the promises of God. But you have to be ready and you have to release it. So, so in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For you. This is the will of God for Christ Jesus for you. What about everybody? Well, this is the will of God for Christ Jesus for you. Why? Because you belong to him. You're his child. I'll tell you what I told my kids when they were younger, when they said, Ma, uh, Dad, why can't we do that? Because I said, why is that, Dad? Because you're my child, not theirs. Because daddy was looking after them and knew that if I let them do that, they were going to get in trouble, hurt themselves, or be around the wrong people. So I had their best interest. I'm not a control freak, but I love my kids, and you love your kids. Well, how much more does God love us? Give thanks. Somebody lift up your hands and say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Right now, come on, let's engage right now. Somebody step out by faith and just say, Lord Jesus, thank you. If you're going through a problem right now, if you can't figure it out, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. 
I'm grateful. I'm going to stay praying. I'm not going to allow it in my spirit. I'm going to be a person of faith, and I'm going to let words of gratitude come out of my mouth. And the gratitude is going to create a barrier, God, and protect me. Number two, words of praise. Words of praise. Most people haven't realized what praise does or really what it is. I'm going to give you a simple definition of praise. Praise is telling God what he has done, not because he's forgotten, but you need to remember. Praise is telling God what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. All reminders for you, because God keeps his promises. But praise positions you and reminds you of how great he is. And it's a faith connection. It's acknowledging that you believe. It's acknowledging that you understand. It's, it's speaking contrary to your emotions and feelings and circumstances. When you can look at God. Even when you feel like you're going crazy. How many of you ever felt like you're just going to go crazy? Have you ever been in that kind of a situation where you, you know, you're like, God, when are you going to do something about this? Or God, when is it going to happen? Or, Lord, what, what, what is going on here? And it doesn't make sense. That right there is when you have to exercise your ability to praise him. Oh, yeah, you've got to learn how to praise him. God can do more with your praise than he can do with your pouting. He cannot do anything with pouting. Pouting doesn't move God. It's almost as if God looks down and says, okay, I'll, I'll, whenever you're ready. Right? Whenever you're ready. Can you imagine what God is thinking when we pout? Like a baby hitting their arms, kicking their legs on the ground. Can you imagine what the angels are doing? Just think about this for a moment. I mean, they're all talking to, what is he doing? Right? Like, right? Like, what's going on down there? What? Look at Steve. Right? What's wrong with him? Is he, does, has he not been reading his, oh, you know what it is? He, he hasn't read his Bible. Well, how often has he prayed? Well, he hasn't prayed in about a month, really. I mean, just a few times when he goes to work, but that's just about it behind the wheel. But, but he really hasn't pressed through. How do you know? Because I, I haven't got an assignment yet. I'm just giving you a little narration of what I believe is happening. And this is, it doesn't mean, I don't have no scripture for this, but I do have enough scripture to know that when we release the right words, there are angels that are activated to move on your behalf to, because they are servants. But they don't move unless you give them the command, and God gives them command through you. They don't obey your voice. They obey God's voice through you. Angels don't work for you. They work with you. Angels work for God. But do you know how many are available to you right now and are waiting for us to stop pouting? No, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm saying this because I'm a powder. If you don't admit you're a powder sometimes, you can't overcome it. So I have learned the secret. Admit it, be aware of it, so you can deal with it. So I don't want to pout. I don't want to complain. That's why I've learned not to. And I don't have to know everything, but as long as God knows everything, that's all that matters. But he is waiting for us. Listen to this. Psalms 34, 1 through 4, says it like this. This is the psalm when David was pretending to be crazy or mad before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. When you read this scripture and you find this story, you're going to find out that David, when he was being chased and, and they were fixing to kill him, that he went up against the wall and started acting crazy and like a lunatic because he was trying to make them think he was crazy so they would leave him alone. He was scared. He acted out. But then he came to himself and he wrote a psalm. See, this is, this is why 
it's important to understand that you may be in circumstances that may be driving you crazy, but you need to stop long enough to realize, hey, this ain't me. This is ridiculous. And listen to what David wrote. Listen to what David wrote. I will bless the Lord at when? When things are going good or when I feel like it. All times I will bless the Lord. See, praise blesses God. And when you bless God, I promise you God is going to bless you back. You think about that. How can I bless God that has everything right here? I will bless the Lord. God doesn't need my blessing. God loves it when you bless him with your faith. God loves it when we're obedient to him. He does. How do you know? I taught it this past Sunday, and the Spirit of God came out from the heavens, and a thunderous voice cried out and said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. You can please God. And when you're in a place where you have gratitude and you're not holding any grudges and you're thanking God by faith, even if it doesn't look good, and you're saying, thank you, Lord, I bless them. And I'm not mad at them. You're going to work this all out for good. I'm going to come out better. I'm going to come out stronger. And I'm going to bless you and tell you who you are. You're a deliverer. You've never failed me. You're going to deliver me. You're delivering me right now. And I will rejoice. Listen to this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue. Continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Together. In other words, you got to find somebody who loves to praise God too. Because the problem we have is while we're praising God, we're around other pessimistic people. And you are allowing someone else to come in and bring you down when you're trying to go up. That's why we come to church. To be around people that speak the same language. To be around people who speak positive, faith-filled, loving, encouraging words and edify and build. And you're around people of like-minded faith. And if they're feeling down, then they're... You know, that's when you come in and say everything's going to be okay. We're in God's house. Let's press in. Let's worship. You know, when, when one falls, the other one that's walking with them should be able to pick them up, not keep them down. I don't know who I'm talking to because I can't get off of it right now, and I know when the prophetic begins to flow, and I want to tell somebody one of your biggest problems is you're choosing the wrong people, and you're scared, and you don't know how to get out of it. Let me tell you something. Don't worry about that part. Just get connected to Jesus. He'll take care of everybody else around you, and he'll make sure you're connected to new people and the right people if he even if he has to change them. You ever heard of a revival? So maybe God wants to use you to start a reviving of his faith and word and a love for him. Maybe God, maybe, maybe it's not a matter of you leaving the crowd. Maybe it's a matter of you infusing and changing the crowd instead of them changing you. I mean, you ever think about that? Be the change you want to see in your life. Don't be embarrassed of God. They know you love God. They know you have faith. You might as well prove them right. They're waiting for you to come out of the closet. Right? Closet seekers. Well, I'm a Christian. Right? But it's time to come out. Right? I will bless the Lord at all times. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. All of them. He delivered me from all my fears. Let me give you the third one. Are you ready to write this one down? The other type of verbiage in the words that will change your world is words of authority. A word of authority. So gratitude will create a barrier and protect you and keep you fresh and keep you preserved. And it will hold you and prepare you for more. Because gratitude, even when you say thank you when things aren't happening, it prepares your heart by faith. To bring a perpetual blessing. You do the study on gratitude and thankfulness. A word of praise. 
will begin to move God into your life and transition because praise is one of the highest forms of faith. Praise will move mountains. Praise will move angels. Praise will help you to acknowledge that God can, God will, and God has. But words of authority. Words of authority is what you use when you have lived in gratitude and praise. God will give you an anointing and an authoritative word that we call a decree, a word, a demonstrative word, a word that will move mountains, a word that devils can't ignore, a word that will shift the environment, a word that will help you take the promised land, a word that will, if it's on your mouth, it's because you have prepared your heart and when you begin to release it and learn how to speak it, you, you, you begin to release it every single day. To all of our business owners that are here, one of the most powerful things you can do is get your faith to a place where you can release words of authority. To exercise your dominion spiritually. God did not give you the kingdom in your life for you to sit on the sideline. God has not given you the kingdom of God in your life in order for you to be bullied, messed around, pushed around, denied. Denied. When people start living this way and they start to exercise their authority, they're going to start seeing doors open, opportunities open, and things begin to transpire to help you fulfill God's will for your life. Remember, remember again, Give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God concerning you. In other words, God's will cannot be performed if you don't have a heart of gratitude and thank him for everything. Even when it doesn't seem grateful. Jesus never sinned. That's why he became the ultimate sacrifice. How? Why? How did he do that? Well, the scripture says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Kept himself pure. The prophet wrote, instead of Jesus, he went, as a, he went in as a lamb before slaughter, not even opening up his mouth. It's better not to say a word. Some of you are going to start being some quiet people after tonight, I think. <laughs> What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> right? Why aren't you talking? Oh, Nothing. You go to church? Yeah. You sure you're okay? No. See? Joshua chapter 1, verse 3 says, this is after Moses died. And Joshua was given the secret from God. And here's what we need to convey to you tonight. The secret to taking the promises that God has for you is in this scripture right here. Every place, he told Joshua, because remember, Moses had a promise. The reason why Moses could not cross over with that generation because they still had Egypt in their heart. And God had to wait for a whole new generation. And they built idols. And they complained. They complained. When they complained, God judged them. So this generation knew better. Because they learn from the former generation's mistakes. It's better to keep your mouth shut, comply, and wait on God. Don't say a word, but say the right words. Because listen to what God told Joshua. This is such a revelation tonight. I hope you're writing this down. Every place the sole of your feet will tread upon, I will give you. Think about that for one moment. Every place that you walk Every place that you go, I want you to put yourself in Joshua's shoes. And I want you to think about the promises God gave you or even the things that you don't even know about that God has in store for you. But the Holy Ghost will reveal them to you. It's true. You need scripture for that? Raise your hand if you want me to give you a scripture for that. That you have promises in your life, even promises you have not even heard of and seen yet, but God will reveal them to you. Are you ready? I have not seen, ear hath not heard. Either has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but the Holy Ghost reveals them to us. 
That's what the Bible says. So there are still things I want you to think about. The goodness of God, the power of God, and the favor of God and the promises that God has. Because some of you are very frustrated wondering, when is my promises coming in? When is the good life coming in? Where is the milk? Where is the honey? A land that flows with milk and honey. That means provision. Milk. <laughs> this is kind of ironic. But I just did a research on raw milk. I'm going to throw this in here so you understand a little plug-in for the co-op. The old marketing strategy was milk does a body good. Not anymore the way they make it. It's very unhealthy for you. But I went back and realized what actually happened before they started processing it and adding chemicals and different things to it. And I realized how healthy raw milk really is and why people were getting sick and why the, it was crazy. But, but you see, when, when I hear about this in the scripture, then I understand because milk was a very high form for your immunity and for calcium for your bones. And it did do a body good at one time. So when you hear about this in here, it was a very valuable commodity. And, and to have certain types of cows that produced it, certain types of cows that produced healthy milk, grass-fed, all these things. So when you hear of a land that flows with milk and honey, and honey, so many healing properties with that. It wasn't just, oh, that's great, milk and honey. I can buy that at the store. Not like they used to have it. So I'm just telling you that you got to put it all together and realize that it was a big deal. The problem was somebody else owned the bees and somebody else owned the cows. But God said, I'm going to give them to you, in other words. A land that flows with milk and honey. In other words, God was telling them, I'm going to give you the actual herd and the cattle and the property and the honey and everything on there for your nourishment, for your provision, for your family. Every good thing. That was a big deal back then. To us, we have things like that in the store. They didn't have stores and HEBs and Walmarts. You understand where I'm coming from? Here's the point. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river and the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Recognize that. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong. Be of good courage, for this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law of Moses. My servant command you, commanded you. In other words, someone taught you. You know what to do. That's what parents are doing right now. You're if you're a parent, you're raising up Joshua's. And your children should always do more, conquer more than what you did. Because you have invested into them. We are setting our children up by a lifestyle, by understanding God, his word. That's true success. Because listen to what the scripture says. Remember, if you're a parent, you're a Moses, you should be raising Joshua's. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Not depart from your mouth. He wasn't saying it shouldn't leave your mouth. He's saying it should always be there. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according all that is written in it. When is the last time you read the Bible? Why is it so quiet, man? That's very discouraging <laughs> for a pastor right now. <laughs> Nobody said a word. You're kind of sitting there like, hmm. Okay, let me ask you another question. How often do you read it? 
A lot of people don't read the Bible because they don't understand why. But a lot of people don't pray because they don't do it. You learn how to pray by doing it. You understand God's word by reading it. And then as you do it more and you begin to think on it more, and do, then it all comes together and you start to understand. And then God builds your faith. And then you go hungry for it. You get hungry for the word of God. You start listening to preaching. You start listening to the word. You start finding avenues that have to do with it because your spirit man is like, hmm, that's like milk and honey. Milk and honey. The word of God said is marrow. And it can separate the marrow from the bone, and it strengthens you. It strengthens you. The word of God is also sweet as honey. A lot of types there, but don't let it depart from your mouth. But meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then you will listen to this. Now, come on, Henry. For then you will make your way prosperous prosperous for then you make your way prosperous and then you will have what good success good success this is a promise folks and a principle for us even not just for Joshua but you know what Joshua means in the Hebrew? There's actually another word for Jesus. Joshua was a type of Jesus. Moses was a type of Jesus. Everything pointed to Christ. But you have a Joshua living inside of you. You have Jesus inside of you. And he's given you promises. And that's why Jesus came in and gave the same instruction and said, meditate in my word day and night. He said, let the word of God dwell inside of you richly. And, and he, he talked about this and encouraged it. And in fact, he, he used the principle himself because when he was attacked, listen to this now, this is how he released the authority. Jesus, even at a young age, we know at the age of 12, he was standing and he was talking, discussing the word of God with lawyers, with scholars, with the Pharisees, with the sect. He was there. He knew the word of God. He had it in his heart. But when the time of ministry came at the age of 30, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and he was tempted by Satan himself. What was in Jesus' arsenal? What did he use? He said every time the devil came against him, he said, it is written. What does that do? That's when you have lived a life consistently giving God gratitude, protecting your heart, learning how to praise God in the good and the bad, acknowledging him and building your faith. And then you learn and know when the time comes, they that humble themselves in the hand of God are able to resist the devil and they'll flee from him. But you do it with the word of God, not with your own emotions or your thought processes. You use the word of God and don't let it depart from your mouth. So there is nothing that the devil can do and nothing what a circumstance can do and there is no one that can come against your family there is no addiction that can take your children there is no false doctrine that can come in and change their thinking right now but you have to release the word of God in your life because God has a promise for everybody in your family but you are responsible Moses for raising the Joshua's it matters when your children get older and they're so far you can't reach them. Do it now. Do it now. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be strong. Well, it's so easy to just have, it's so easy to keep calling me. Oh, man. Hey, what's happening? What are you doing tonight? Uh, going to church. Going to church? Yeah, the wife's making me. Guys, man, y'all are sorry. <laughs> Get your hot cross buns to church. Get in that chair. Worship God. Thank God for a good life and a good wife. 
and thank God for a blessed life. We need some strong men. I'm just saying, we need some strong, Holy Spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, faith-believing men. We got some good women. I need, I'm talking about some men that will be a Joshua and a Moses. Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid, not nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God, he is with you everywhere you go. Come on, stand to your feet here this Wednesday evening. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord Jesus, I bless your name and I release the word of God in our life. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we release your word over us right now. We release your word. God is always, here's the conclusion. I had another one, but it didn't get on here. God is released through your words. God is released through your words. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, let's release it right now. Dear God, you said, you said that God, whoever the Father had placed into your hands, that none of them should be removed. So we stand on that word here right now. You said that, Father, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior, that we shall be saved. So let salvations begin tonight. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. We pray as a family, Lord, forgive us for our words. In the name of Jesus. Here's what I was going to tell you. I'll tell you this in a moment. As you're thinking, as we're praying, so I don't forget, I want to challenge you this week. Go on a word fast, a negative word fast. Because every time you release a negative word in your life and you're not grateful and you allow circumstance to change your talk, then your walk begins to get crippled and then you begin to lose it and your faith gets down lower and then you get discouraged. But if you'll allow yourself to go on a negative word fast and just cut those things out and say to yourself, I'm not going to say anything unless it gives God praise. If there's anything negative with it, I'm not going to add to my sorrow. I'm not going to because I know the power that I've got and I'm not going to bind anybody. I'm not going to talk about anybody because I'm going to set them free in the name of Jesus. So will you pray that right now? Say, Lord Jesus, let no negative words come to my mouth. Let nothing, God, come into my heart. I pray this over my family. I pray this over my children. I pray this over my relationship with you. I pray this over my soul. I don't care what it is. You can find a thousand problems and a thousand things wrong with other people. But have you allowed God to help you find your problems? And have you allowed God to help you change your words, help you change what you say? Because God wants to change your world and change your life. But it's going to start with your words. It's going to start by you allowing God to put faith in your soul, put faith in your spirit. Pray it out right now and say, Lord, fill me up fill me up. I want the Word of God in my heart. I want the Spirit of God in my life. Say somebody, say, fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Come on, lift up your hands and just receive right now. Just receive right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.